Good morning, everybody. Welcome once again to Sunday Morning Digital Cathedral from Houston, Texas. Let me ask you a question this morning right off the, off the bat. How many of you are feeling something going on inside that's drawing you to simplify your life? That life has become a little bit um, too hectic that life has become a little bit too confusing and you're, you're, you're sensing the need to simplify. I think this morning we're gonna discover why it is that God is speaking to many of his people, including me, I hope some of you, to simplify our lives. All right, we're into our study. We're into Ephesians chapter two this morning as we work our way through this book. We're gonna look at verses 11 through 22 and we're gonna hone in on one verse this morning. But let me just read this, this through for you so that you get this in context. If you have a Bible nearby, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. And let's talk a little bit this morning about what God is doing in the earth today, what God is doing in our life, and why we may feel this, this draw to simplify the life that we live. All right, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. Stay with me as I read this morning. Paul says this. He says, verse 11, Therefore, Remember that you once were Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision made in the flesh by hands. So he's saying, I'm speaking to you Gentiles that were called Gentiles by the Jews. And he's, he's, made, he's drawing a distinction, Jews and Gentiles here. Verse 12, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. Paul doesn't draw a very, very positive picture, does he, there for Gentiles? But I, what he's driving to the Gentiles is this. You never were in the old covenant. Gentiles, you were never under the law. God was dealing with the Jews and you, you were without covenant. And according to that covenant, you didn't have any hope. There was, you were on the outside looking in. So then he goes on in verse 13, and he says, But now in Christ, you who were once afar off, Gentiles, you're now brought near by the blood of Christ. Verse 14, For he himself is our peace, who has brought, who has made both one, Jew Gentile, has made both one, and has broken down the middle wall of separation. There is no separation anymore between Jew and Gentile. Uh, those that are in the covenant, those that are out of the covenant. He's saying that that has been dissolved. That's no longer standing. Nothing going on there. Verse 15, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinance so as to create in himself one new man from the two making peace. What's Paul saying? Paul is saying that in his, his own body, he abolished in the flesh this division, this enmity, this separation that the law created. And he has created of the two, the Jew and the Gentile, one new man and made peace between the two. There's no reason not to be at peace. Verse 16, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the separation or the enmity. Verse 17, and he came and preached peace to you who are far off, Gentiles, and to those that were near, Jew. For through him we both have access by the Spirit to the Father. Now that 18th verse, that's verse 18. We're going to look at that real closely this morning. Let me read it again. I want you to listen very carefully. For through Jesus we both, Jew, Gentile, have access by one Spirit, the same Spirit, to the Father. If you want access to the Father, Jew or Gentile, it's going to come, because of Christ, it's going to come by one Spirit. There's not one Spirit that guides Jews, another Spirit guides Gentiles. We're all coming the same way to the Father. Verse 19, Now therefore, you're no more strangers and foreigners, but you're fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. He says, now you are that. This is who you are. You were afar off. Now you've been made nigh. Now, therefore, you're no more strangers, you're not separated, you're not foreigners, but you are saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ 
being the chief cornerstone. Now there's two important um, designations of construction. I'm not a contractor, but I think I understand cornerstone and foundation. He says Christ is the cornerstone. Uh, I've heard people say that Christ is the foundation of the church. No, he's not. He's the cornerstone. The cornerstone is the foundation stone that's set in a masonry building where the two walls come together. The cornerstone is, well, the cornerstone is set and then the two walls are built. So a foundation stone is set in a masonry building and the other stones that are set then are set in reference to the cornerstone. The cornerstone determines the position of the building. How the cornerstone is set is the way that the building is built. Jesus is the cornerstone. Then he says the, the foundation of the building, the foundation is the support. It's the support that the building is built upon. It's the support that lies under the building. You know, my, my house has a, has a slab foundation. That means there's a cement slab that the house then was constructed on. That's the job of the apostles and the prophets to lay the foundation from which the structure, the church, the body of Christ is built. So he, he tells us in verse uh, 19, therefore you're no more strangers, part of the household of God, Jesus himself being the foundation or the cornerstone, apostles and prophets are the foundation. And then he says in verse 21, in whom the whole building becomes fitly joined together into a holy temple in the Lord. So he tells us how he's gonna build the body. Jesus, the cornerstone, chief cornerstone, apostles and prophets foundation, then the building is built. In whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. Now, I love that 18th verse. That 18th verse we're gonna set on because I think that's really the key verse in the passage that we are reading today from Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verses 11 to 22. What he's saying in verse 18 is that we all gain access into the kingdom, Jew or Gentile, we all gain access into the kingdom, into the heart of the Father, by one spirit. So in those, in those 10 or 11 verses, he goes to great lengths. The whole, the whole passage is about nailing down that there are no longer two separate groups of people. There's one people, the people of God, the kingdom of God whether you were a Jew that felt you had some kind of you know, distinctive advantage by being part of the old covenant, or whether you were a Gentile that were, that were without a covenant, that, that's gone, that's set by the wayside. We now have come into being one new man. So whether Jew or Gentile, uh, verse 18 kind of nails it down. We have access by one spirit, to the Father. All right. Now let me let me kind of bring this into today's world. This is what I want to spend time on this morning, because we have access by the Spirit to the Father. That's the message. That's what Paul is getting at. So I want you to listen real close this morning, because I think the things that I'm I'm going to say to you are going to make your life a whole lot better. I think this is going to be a message that you can take and integrate into your life and begin to put into practice as soon as we're done this morning, fair enough? All right, so let me, let me bring this down into, into present truth, what Peter calls present truth. In 2 Peter chapter uh, one, 2 Peter chapter one, verse 12, Peter says this, for this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. You know, a lot of the things I tell you are repetition. I understand that, but we learn by repetition. We really do. The more we hear something, the more deeply we accept it, the more it becomes part of us. This is how the word becomes flesh, is because I'm not negligent to, to remind you of things. So he says this, I'm, I'm not gonna be negligent to remind you of these things, though you know and are established, and this is my heart this morning, though you are established in the present truth. Now what is present truth? Present truth is the truth that the Father is emphasizing at this particular time. And Peter says he wants to make sure that they are established, that they have a fixed position in what the Father is saying and doing right now today. So let me give you in a nutshell, cliff note version, short for those that got a short attention span this morning, let me explain to you exactly what's going on in the earth today, what present truth is, 
kingdom-wide, but also, I believe, going on in our individual lives. Because what's going on in our individual lives is a reflection of what's going on in the greater dimension of the kingdom around the world. This is the first time, I think, in the history of man that we've been able to look at what we're sensing. And because of social media and other things, we're able to connect and see that somebody in Australia or Africa or England is sensing and going through spiritually the exact same things I am. It's because, as, as Paul said, he's fitly joining this building together and he does it. He moves in with the truth and sweeps through the body of Christ. Grace was is a real tsunami right now that's covering the earth. And that grace now is taking us into some deeper things, some more powerful things, and we're gonna to have to get tuned into it. So here, that's what I wanna talk about this morning. This is gonna, this is gonna shape your life. This is, might change some thinking a little bit, but that's okay. Here's what's going on in the earth. Here's what's going on in your life. Because you're the first wave of this reformation that's sweeping the earth. Why God picked us, I don't know. Why, why he chose us, I don't know. But the fact is we're part of this trance. It's bigger than a, a reformation or a transformation. It's a transfiguration. We're seeing something evolve that's never appeared before. It's like Jesus coming up on the mountain. He's transfigured before Peter, James, and John. All of a sudden they look and Jesus is, you know, there's a, a light around him. There's glory around him. He's, he's something they hadn't seen before. And that's what's, what's going on today. There's a great transfiguration. The Father is moving you continuously. Change all the time. He's changing us continually through circumstances, through revelation, uh, through relationships, and he's removing from us every possible way that we can live out of our soul. I'm, I'm a big guy in helping you to determine what's coming from soul and what's coming from spirit. He's removing from us every possible way of living out of soul. And I mean by soul, external forces, external influences that have so shaped our life in days gone by that that's how we lived. We lived according to soulish tendencies. We lived according to what our mind and our will, what it decided from sensory perception that was brought to us. He's, he's moving us over into another place. No longer it's gonna be the pull of emotions or feelings, the way that we see right or wrong that determines. Instead, he's moving us into a moment by moment response by spirit. The life that we're now beginning to live Look, you might as well forget about long-term, long-term plans and vision. I'm telling you, we're in, a, we're in a season. This is present truth. He's teaching us how to be responsive in the moment, to respond to spirit, and, and to say what he says, to do what we see him doing, okay? That comes, that comes in momentary responses. It doesn't come because we lay out logical plans and try to come to some kind of conclusion that we predetermine. We're learning how to respond by the moment. Now, here's, here's why, what we need, why we need to simplify, why I think God is speaking to us about simplifying. This means that we're gonna have to become very proficient at living out of spirit or living out of kingdom. And I'm taking very seriously that verse from uh, Romans chapter eight that we have all read a gazillion times. I'm taking very seriously this verse in, in a way that I haven't taken it before, where he says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. He's, he's taking us over into this place where, listen, it's moment by moment, Spirit-led. You, you, may, you may eat lunch and all of a sudden you're done eating lunch and the Spirit moves on you to call Aunt Sally. Spirit moves on you that you need to to bake your neighbor a cake. Spirit moves on you and says, uh, I want you, you hadn't planned on that. That may disrupt your plans for the day. Maybe you had thought you were going to Walmart or you were gonna go see the kids or the grandkids or whatever. And all of a sudden he's, he says, no, this is what I want you to do. When you live out of spirit, you respond to that. Respond, as many as are led by the spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Now he, he, he shows us a little bit more about this in verse 15. Uh, many, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of a bondage again, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That's verse 15. Now watch verse 16. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. In fact, the Spirit of God will bear witness with your spirit on anything. <laughs> 
on anything. The, the, the foundation is, it'll bear witness with your spirit. Yeah, you really are a son. You're a daughter of God. And now you're beginning to walk by the spirit. But it, the, his spirit bears witness with your spirit about, once, once you get that down, it'll start bearing witness with your spirit about every response that you make. And it gets stronger and it gets stronger and it gets stronger till you know that you know that you know. And we talked last Wednesday night about hunches uh, and, and uh, knowing that you know. We talked about all kind of ways last Wednesday night about how the Spirit pulls us or draws us. He never drives us. He, 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 he pulls, he draws. As many as are led by the Spirit. Then he says in verse 18, or he says in verse 17, the first part of 17, that if your children, which we are, led by the Spirit, sensitive to the Spirit, responding moment by moment, and if children, then you're an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. So this, that's what's going on. The sons, the weasses, the mature sons are being led by the Spirit. And we read in verse 16 that it's a spirit to spirit connection. And he's leading us into... Uh, the inheritance that we have. We are heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus. Our inheritance is to manifest the sons of God. Manifesting as sons of God opens up a dimension to us to where we, we need nothing. We have access to all things. And this is the developmental process we're coming through right now in our development. So you, you need to locate the kingdom, right? Because that's where we live out of. That's where the spirit takes us. That's, that's the production center. You need to locate the kingdom. Jesus told us the kingdom isn't out somewhere. The kingdom uh, isn't over in glory land. The kingdom is not 300 miles from Mars. Jesus told us, and again, I, I know you know this. I know you know the scripture, but I want it to impact you today. This morning, those that are in Digital Cathedral, I want it to slap you upside the face, up, whoops, upside the head. I want you to know about the kingdom and begin to recognize its operation. Verse 17, Jesus answered and said, John chapter 17, is that right? Yeah, 20, I'm sorry, John 17, verse 20. No, when, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, see, they were looking for an external kingdom. Church is still looking for an external kingdom, looking for a kingdom outside. When the kingdom would come, Jesus answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. I know you've heard that a lot of times. I want your consciousness of it to raise this morning. I want the vibration within you to come up a little bit to where you go, okay, I got it. That place that I live from, that the spirit bears witness with my spirit that takes me to what I need to do, to what I need to possess, it all is within me. I, I already have it. I already have it. He's not trying to take, take me some yonder place to get it. It already resides in me. You listen and see in here. Now, here's why God's beginning to talk to you about simplifying your life. If you're going to be a son that is led by the Spirit, if it's a Spirit-to-Spirit -spirit connection, you're receptive to the kingdom that is within you. That means that you're going to have to shut down these outside voices that create static on your spirit frequency. Are you with me? It's like a radio. The old time radio, you had to take the dial and adjust it just a little. When you get it just right, the station would come in perfect. If you, if you moved it off a little bit, you'd hear it static. And sometimes the static would be so strong, you couldn't hear the station. And I fear that's what's I shouldn't say fear, but I, I, I sense that's what's going on. I know it's going on in my life. There have been times that my head has been so full of static and noise and, and, and decision-making and things I felt I had to do that I totally was filled with static. I, did, I wasn't at all aware of a spirit speaking within me. I hate to admit that, but that's, that's true. That's life. I'm being transparent with you. Now, we're developing out of that. Many of us live in mass confusion. <laughs> And that's why you see people running everywhere to get a word from God from somebody. People don't know what to do. They don't know where to go. So they run after people to tell them, give us a word. We don't know what to do. We don't know what God's saying. We don't know what the will of God is for us. Can, can, you, can you please give us a word? Can you please give us some direction? I need counseling. I need, I need help over here in this area. You know what John says? 
John says that you have an anointing. 1 John 2.20, you have an anointing. An, an anointing, in case you wonder what an anointing is, it's not this mysterious cloudy something. An anointing is simply a divine enablement. An anointing enables you to do something that you aren't naturally able to do yourself. You have an anointing, and watch what John said, and you know all things. You are the I am. I am sufficient. I, I am in authority. I am in dominion. I am. I am. I am. Right? So you, you have an anointing, and you know all things. I am knowledge inside. I am spirit. I am. You need to learn that because that's who you are. We're, we're talking about coming out of soul into spirit. Simplify your life. And, and this, let me be clear, whether it's, you know, some of the books you read. Sometimes we read too many books. Uh, I've, I've, been in, I've been in danger sometimes of reading four or five books at once. You know, I've learned I can't do that. I can only read one, maybe two at once. But I would, I would get several books going because I was so interested in so many different topics. And then I would feel like, I don't know what to read or when to read it. I, and, and I would end up just kind of floundering around. So sometimes we need to simplify the things like books, television, food, relationships. Your, your, your interest in things is assimilating noise into your life, and those things have got to go. Now, I'm not here to tell you what that is. You and you and Dad need to take that up. You and the Father need to talk about that, and you need to ask him, what is it, what is it that is creating static in my life? Uh, if you feel like God doesn't speak to you, then I would I would begin to think about, okay, what, what do I need to clear out? What, what am I listening to? What voices are coming through to me? Well, if I want to hear the voice of the Father, then maybe I need to set what's now talking to me, what is now speaking to me, maybe I need to set it aside. Maybe I need to diminish it. For some of us, it might be, you know, the news channel or social media. Maybe you need to cut your time down on Facebook. That thing can, social media can control your life. It's addictive. Sometimes you need to shut that thing down. Allow yourself maybe to go once or twice or three times a day just for a few minutes to scroll or see comments on your posts or whatever, but don't let it control your life. Maybe that doesn't control your life. Maybe, maybe it's something else that causes anxiety and stress in your life. You're going to have to cut the entanglements. You're gonna to have to simplify. So I asked you at the start of the teaching this morning, do you, see, do you sense, do you feel like God is, is leading you to simplify your life? You know, because if you do, it's because he's trying to talk to you and he's having a hard time getting through. There are bonds, there are entanglements, uh, there are commitments that sometimes pull on us so hard uh, that it fills us with other voices. And static causes you to lose that spirit edge. That's, uh, you know, your quiet time every day. I used to have just a quiet time, 15, 20 minutes, and that's good. But now I try to live I try to live in that, uh, that spirit dimension of quietness, regardless of what I'm doing. And my, my life gets hectic. I get messages, calls, emails. Uh, I can't tell you how many questions I answer a day for people or people read something or hear something and want me to explain. I, sometimes I, you know, I just can't, but I'm, those things start to fill your life and they start to create uh, diversions and you cannot afford that because of who you are and the selection that God has placed on your life. Look me right in the eye. The selection that God has placed on you as being part of this cutting edge transformation. You cannot afford those things. Other people might be able to walk around the mall all day. Maybe you can't. Now, if you want to, that's fine. But I think he's put a finger on your life because, well, you're selected, you're appointed, you're anointed, you're chosen and you are on the front edge of this. All right, that's kind of the Cliff Notes version of what I think is going on. Now let's, let me unpack some of this. Let's review for just a minute how we, how we begin to function in some of this. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter one. We covered this a couple of weeks ago. Let's come back to Ephesians one and verse nine. And here's, here's what's going on. Here's why we need to simplify, why we need to be sensitive to spirit. We need to, we need to get firmly established in present truth. 
present truth, the things that the Father is speaking to us today. We need to get really grounded in this. All right, here it is. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 9. It says, Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. So he's made known to us a mystery. Now, I'm repeating this in the light of what I'm teaching you this morning, because I think it might take on more meaning. All right? he's, there's a mystery he's revealed to us. What is the mystery? What, what do I need to hear by the Spirit? What, what is the present truth I need to let ground in me, grow roots deep, that I become so entrenched in it that it's, that word becomes my flesh, right? I become the word made flesh walking it out in that area. He said, there's a mystery. There's a mystery. And he says that he's made known to us the mystery. All right, here's the mystery, verse 10. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he would gather together in one all things in Christ. That at the right time, he's working toward that time. We're in that time he's working toward. I'm telling you, we're, it's not for the rapture. It's not a second coming. He's working forward in his time. Listen, that in the fullness of time, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, everything in Christ. That was our point of origination. He placed you in Christ before the foundation of the world. Now, men mentally and in, their, in the soulish dimension, they have moved way off of that. Now, the mystery is he's going to begin to gather them back. Things that are both in heaven and which are in earth in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined. This is you, right? This is why you're out here, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. He has a will that will meet his purpose, and he's counseled himself into how to bring this will to pass. And the will is that he gather all things, all people, heaven and earth, in one, in one thing, in one place, in Christ. So that's what he's working toward. And you are the instrument through which he's working. Paul's talking about the empowering of sons and daughters with dominion, with power, with authority to do this gathering in. You're the instrument. You're the instrument, my friend, that he's utilizing to gather in. You say, well, it doesn't feel like it. I don't feel like I'm doing anything extra, no ordinary. Just be you. You be who you be because he's using who you be, your personality, your temperament, your location, your job, your skill set, everything about you. You're not me, I'm not you. You are the best you that will ever exist. He custom designed you. You say, well, you know, maybe I'm retired and I don't feel like I have a lot going on. I don't think I've accomplished a lot in my life. You're just the one he's using. He's got you around people. He's sending you into stores. He's having you uh, carry on conversations with people. And as you carry on conversations, the things that I'm teaching you, you'll, life will just flow out of the words. You tell somebody, good morning, and they're gonna see the glory of God. I'm telling you the way that this works because he's, he's using us to draw all things into one place in him. Much of this has been veiled to the sons and daughters until now, until we have matured. He's held these things in escrow. You remember way back when we were in Galatians and we read Galatians chapter 4 and verse 1 about the child heir differing nothing from the servant, even though the child heir has everything? A lot has been held in escrow for us as child heirs because he's told us throughout Galatians and Ephesians where we've studied so far exactly who we are where we were created, what our destiny is, what our, what our plan is. A lot has been held in escrow waiting for us to mature. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, here's why we haven't seen it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, watch this. Watch this, just hold on. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. Eye has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has it entered into the natural heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those that love him. Why we haven't seen it in the past? Because we've been trying to see it with our eyes. It's, we've been trying to hear it with our ears. We've been trying to mentally grasp the things that God has prepared for us. It doesn't happen that way. But God has revealed them to us, verse 10 says, through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Don't you want to know the deep things of God? I think there's a hunger in you. I know there's a hunger in me to know the deeper things of God. 
So it takes us maturing into those things. Verse 11, for what man knows the things of the man except the spirit of the man which is in him, even so no one knows the things of God except by the spirit of God. Now we've not received the spirit of the world, but we have received the spirit which is from God that we might know, that we might know, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God and you'll know them by spirit. You'll know them by spirit. So he's cleaning your life out. He's just pulling up by the roots, things that are causing distractions, things, things that are causing you to, 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 to not catch it, right? Over in Galatians 4 and 1, it says that we were under governors and tutors until we matured, until the appointed time of the Father. All right, now here you're going to understand why you were under governors and tutors. You know what a governor is? A governor is one that sets the speed. A tutor is one that does the instruction. So God put people in your life that would help you to move as fast as you could move, not too fast, not too slow. They were governors. Might have been a pastor. Uh, it might have been a teacher of some kind. And then he put uh, a tutor in your life that would teach you. And you've probably come on your grace walk. You probably now don't listen much to the grace teacher that you cut your teeth on because you've outgrown that tutor. So when you were ready for the next guy, he brought you the next one. I very seldom read the people that I used to read. Um, I read. I read other people. I listen to other people. Now, there are still some that, that, man, they brim with revelation. They are growing at a fast pace, and I follow them because they're not stagnant. I found a lot of teachers get a, a little teaching, and they just sit on it. They're, they're, they're what I call one-trick ponies. They got one little theme, one little hobby horse, and they ride that horse, and they ride that horse, and they never expand it. They're, that's not what's going on today. There are teachers that are growing by leaps and bounds that are staying out in front of us so that we can continue to follow so there's been governors and tutors. We called them the fivefold ministry. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 15, and we're not there yet, so I don't, I don't want to cover it too, too much, but there's, there's the fivefold ministry, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. They're placed into the body of Christ. Those true fivefold ministries are not uh, just limited to one location. They, they are given as a gift to the body of Christ. And when we get over to that passage in Ephesians chapter 4, we will find that they have one target and one target alone. It's not to build a ministry. It's not to buy a jet airplane. It's not to get uh, the widows all sending in sacrificial offerings. The purpose of the fivefold ministry is to bring us to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And it takes all five to do it. Not just the prophet, not just the apostle, not just the pastor. It takes the teacher and the evangelist. Now evangelism is going on today in ways we never thought it possible. We've never seen evangelism like today. This is not a hard sell evangelism. Evangelism today is explaining the gospel, the good news. It's, it's not an invitation. It's a declaration of all that Jesus has fully direct deposited into our life. You know, whether you like it, don't like it, receive it, don't receive it, uh, accept it or not, he has, he has flooded your life with grace. That's how good our Father is. That's the message. That's, that's the good news. It's not we accept him, he accepts us. Not we love him, he loved us. It's not that we die for him, he died for us, right? So there's, a, there's an entire work of evangelism. And when, so if you feel like evangelism's your thing, it's no longer going through four spiritual laws or evangelism explosion. We're no longer asking people if you were to die today and stand before God and he were to say, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? That's just a setup for work. So, well, I was a good guy or I accepted Jesus. It's what I did that gets me in. No, it's not what you do that gets you in. It's what he did that's already allowed you entrance. <laughs> I love it. So that's evangelism. Teachers, prophets, uh, pastors, apostles, are all to bring us to this measure of the stature of the fullness of grace. They essentially should work themselves out of a job. They really should. They, they are here to bring us to maturity. A true, a true fivefold does not tie you to himself, doesn't tie you to his ministry. You know, if, if you've noticed, I'm always trying to get you to go out and do it. I'm always, I'm always encouraging you to grow. 
Uh, and some of you have grown beyond me. I'm telling you what, some of the things, the revelation that you come up with, uh, it blows my mind. And I stand back and I applaud and I say, go man, go. I have seen the growth in your life and I'm, I'm overwhelmed by it. A good fivefold minister, whether you see me as whatever, he is supposed to release you to be on your own, to hear for yourself, to see for yourself, to get revelation for yourself. You shouldn't have to wait for the digital cathedral on Sunday morning for me to pass out some, some slices of bread. The things that I teach should be a launch pad, if anything, a, a launch pad to take you further. And I hope that's what I do sometimes, is just spur you to think. Thinking's good. Thinking is powerful. Meditating. The, the Spirit should take you beyond where I'm telling you this morning. I'm giving you entranceway into things. I'm breaking things down so that you can assimilate them and they begin to move farther than even what I'm taking you. So the apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, and teacher points you to Jesus. He doesn't point to himself. He's, he's not there to draw attention to himself. And we're, we're seeing a huge shift here. Uh, I spent a lot of time this week talking to people about why there's no superstars in the grace movement. Nobody flies a jet airplane. Nobody is a multimillionaire, right? Nobody has this huge stage. It's because God's doing this thing from grassroots. Every move of God that I have seen to this point has been built from the top down, from the platform superstar. This is coming from the bottom up. This is like all of us, just everyday regular people. Some of us God has had out in the wilderness for years and years and years. And now he's beginning to bring into public view. He's had us out there teaching us and we've gone through all kinds of stuff in preparation. At times didn't know what was going on or why it was going on. Nobody was around to explain what I'm explaining to you, all right? I understand that. I was out in front of this on, in 2003 and man, there was nobody. I had nobody, very few, I had no connections. I felt really alone. Now we don't feel so alone. We can connect from all over the world. So God is preparing you. He's really preparing you. And those that you are honed into to listen to, if they're building their own platform, building their own ministry, I'd walk away from it because that's not, that's not present truth. That's not what's going on today. They should be helping you to understand 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. Remember verse 20? You have an anointing and you know all things. Now, if you come down to verse 27, it says, uh, you have an anointing and you don't need that anybody teach you. But the spirit of truth that is in you will teach you all things. So that anointing that you have, begin to recognize it. Recognize your anointing. You've got one, man. You've got a great anointing. Begin to recognize. An anointing gives you confidence. That divine enablement that is beyond you will help you to stand alone. I'm speaking to some of you that are in areas of the country, areas of the world where what we're teaching and talking and growing into, there's nobody around you. They all think you're crazy. You're a heretic. You've gone off the deep end. It, it creates the anointing that is arising within you will create a, 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 a very godly, healthy independence that will be able, enable you to stand whether anybody stands with you or not. Now, that doesn't mean you don't listen to other people. I listen, I listen to teachings every week. When I get too tired to read, I listen. I find, I find something on YouTube that I can listen to. When I get too tired to, to read, when I get too tired to listen, then I just lay quiet. I lay quiet. So, you know, doesn't mean you don't listen to others. But the point is, at the end of the day, you are responsible for the things that come into your life. You're responsible for what you hear. You're responsible for what's being poured into you. And you're responsible to take it and run with it and to develop it and move it into where God would have you to be that part of the body that you fulfill. Doesn't mean you don't listen to people. My, my daughters are fully grown. They have their own families. But that doesn't mean that sometimes they don't come over to the old man's house and want some advice. And I'll give them the advice. Now, whether they follow it or not is up to them. They're, they're mature, they're grown, they can do what they want. Doesn't mean they don't ask dad for advice. Sometimes they follow, sometimes they don't. Doesn't mean when you have a platform or ministry or you know you're you're in that groove of hearing for yourself and you're moving doesn't mean you cut everybody else off doesn't mean that you don't don't listen but you are maturing to where you're able to stand and feed yourself somebody doesn't have to take a spoon and, and put it towards your mouth and you eat the food off the spoon you can feed you amen are you with me 
Everything we're talking about this morning, simplification by one spirit, uh, we're led to the Father, Jew or Gentile, verse 18, that we read this morning. Everything revolves around your ability to see in the spirit and hear in the spirit. You, you, you can't be led if you don't know where you're going. Jesus said, when the spirit of truth has come, he will show you things to come, right? Then he, when he shows you things to come, he'll lead you step by step to it. Now, sometimes he may lead you step by step and you don't quite see it yet. Uh, maybe you haven't been that sharp in the spirit to see, so he just goes in and starts leading you step by step to something. That's fine, respond. You, you, know, what, you know what that's like in there. You know when, when, he, when you're being stirred, when it's resonating in your spirit? Like, like the first son, Jesus, we're learning to function in two worlds right now. We have, we, we're learning to function in the earth as a king, authority, and we're learning to function in the spirit as a priest. The two functions are different. A king administers the kingdom. The priest stands before God on behalf of the people. Both are vital functions. Both are vital functions in the kingdom today. We need to stand as a king in authority. I don't know, I don't know if I dare go here or not. I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go around the edges of this thought. When you have authority and dominion and power, you don't need faith anymore. You notice Jesus never said to my recollection, I'm sitting here teaching you this morning, in my recollection, I don't know of Jesus ever saying, I'm gonna do this by faith. Jesus moved in dominion. He moved in authority. He moved in power. Sons are coming into that place where you're good. When you know that you know that you know, you don't need faith. When that gut feeling is strong enough, you don't need faith, right? That's, that's the earmark of dominion. So that when you say something, when you make an action, you know that it's firmly planted in spirit. Don't need faith for that. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When I, when I, when I know that I know, I, I got it. I have it. Um, I'd like to share with you something this morning, but it's a little bit early. I got to wait a couple of weeks. But I, there's something that I've really been holding on to, and, and it manifested. This, this last couple of weeks, and I'm excited about it, and I'll share it with you in a little bit. But both are vital functions. He, he will have you functioning as a priest and as a king until, see, the end game is this. Hebrews 8, 11, here's the end game, that the knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. We'll each say, we'll go to our neighbor, we'll go to our brother, and we'll say, let me tell you about the Lord. And Hebrews 8, 11 says, they will all know me from the least to the greatest. It, I, I find that exciting. I find that mind-blowing with the culture we live in. But I've learned something in this coronavirus thing, that when something hits, it can, it can spread over the earth in a matter of days. It, do, it doesn't have to be a long process. When, God, when there's something that happens, the, 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 the virus, I think, is a very negative thing. I don't think it was from God. I know it wasn't from God. But I saw how, how fear just spread the earth. Well, if fear can come over the earth that fast, think what love can do. Think if there was a love outbreak. People can be in, infected with love fact, faster than they can be infected with the virus. You don't need a 14-day period to find out. You know right away if you got the love, right? That can cover the earth. So don't think this has to take generations and generations. I don't buy into that. I have a feeling we are further down, we're closer, we're on the doorstep, we're knocking at the door. I'm not talking about some 100 years from now, 200 years from now, I'm talking about some, we're, we're, we, are, we are in, we are in and we're functioning. Now that's just a little bit of coming attractions that's moving our way. So what is God doing? God's establishing a people that can see, that can function, and that can communicate in spirit. I want you to get to where you can hear spirit because the next dimension is where we're going to be able to communicate in spirit without ever saying a word. What if the internet is down? How would you communicate with people? Your spirit sensitivity is going to be so strong that you're going to literally live with one foot on earth, one foot in spirit, and that spirit dimension, that spirit consciousness, as, as your frequency, as you come up higher in vibration, we used to call it going to the next level in church, or going to a higher dimension, we didn't know what to call it. Really, it's raising frequency. 
fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, long suffering, all those fruits raise your frequency. When those frequencies begin to work in our life, you move to the next house in the mansion. In my father's house are many mansions, many, many levels of consciousness, many planes of existence. So as more people move into spirit, it, communication is going to take place. I believe without even saying a word, you're going to know by spirit. You don't have to call the prayer chain. You don't have to call people for support. Revelation will flow from person to person like it's coming through a conduit that has us all connected. So it's time to stop hoping and asking God for what we need. It's time to realize God's already answered and we already have it. All right, those of you that have ears to hear, hear this. As this tipping point is reached, you're, you're gonna see, and I think we saw a little bit with the virus, that God is not moving sovereignly in the earth anymore. He's beginning to pull his hand off and everything he's done, he's gonna do through sons and daughters sons and daughters that are keyed into the spirit. Our spirits are gonna be like a guitar string within us, like a guitar string within the Father. When he plucks that guitar string in him, it's gonna vibrate in me, and the same string's gonna vibrate in you, right? When you are keyed into spirit, you're gonna know who to pray for, you're gonna know who needs provision, who needs help around the world, and it will come by that spirit connection. Now, it may come through different channels, but when, that's, when the father strums the string, when father hits the chord, it's, the chord will reverberate in you, that vibration, vibrate in others. And it will come a different, couple different ways. For some people, it comes in dreams. You're gonna to begin to dream things that you never dreamed for. It's gonna be very specific. I'm not a big dreamer. Uh, uh, to others, it comes through maybe just continuing to contemplate by meditating it things begin to rise up things begin to rise up and, and like what happened to Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 he said I, I, I knew a man he said I don't know if it was in the spirit was in the natural he said I, I, I don't know but I knew this man you know it was, it was in a third heaven that was a, a dimension that Paul was walking in we, we see over in Acts chapter 9 that Ananias all of a sudden God spoke to him and he knew to go lay hands on Paul. The angel spoke and the spirit led him there. We find in Acts chapter 10, the next chapter, Peter's up and fell into a trance, be like a dream. And all of a sudden, God began to speak to him about no man being unclean. Now, that, what's happened to those things? Why aren't those things generally happening today? Because there's not the spirit connection that we need to have. We need to simplify and get things out of our life that have been distracting us. There wasn't much going on in, in Paul's day uh, multimedia-wise. He didn't have a television, didn't have internet, didn't have social, uh, social media, didn't have the radio, didn't have any of those things. There weren't, there weren't the, the, the sophistication of static voices that we could allow to come into our lives. So all these things like 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and Acts 9 and 10, all those are is being honed in on a different frequency, a different vibrational level. Jesus understood that. That's how Jesus walked on water. That's how Jesus performed miracles. I think quantum physics is the science of the kingdom, and we're learning how some of this stuff begins to operate. So we're coming, you know, what this is going to do is going to take us outside this, this space and time dimension. Uh, with the Father, it's always right now. Everything is now. There is no past, there's no future. It's always now. He, he, he's not in time. Time was created for man. There'll be a time, there'll be a day. There is no more time. See, time will be no more. Time was created to serve us, and we've ended up serving time. Our, our whole life is around a clock. It wasn't meant to be that way. And so as you start to walk in spirit, you're going to notice you begin to come out of, out of that restriction. Okay, my time is up. I gotta, I gotta land this plane today. So in conclusion, let me just say this. We're waiting on the Father and the voice of the shepherd and the things that he's promised that we would hear are essential to fully walking in the spirit. So what our job is, is to remove those things that have stopped us. Paul said in our scripture this morning that it's by one spirit that we gain access to the Father. There's no other way. Jew, Gentile, we have one way in to the Father, and that's by the Spirit. You have His Spirit within you. So 
as you mature as a son, as you, as you begin to get interest, and that interest is being peaked in you as you sense, hey, it's time to toss some things out of my life. It's time to simplify. Uh, I'm spending too much time on this. I'm not spending enough time uh, quiet. I'm not spending enough time uh, meditating. I'm not spending enough time listening to that voice that is in. So what I'm saying is learn to simplify your life on every level. It's imperative uh, if you've decided to walk out the things of the Spirit of God to which you, my friend, are called to do. So my question of the week is this. Question of the week. How are you? What are the ways that you are simplifying your life? Let's share some together. Wednesday night, we'll talk about it. Make sure you show up Wednesday night. We are Wednesday night live, 8 o'clock Central Time over on the Don Keithley Ministries Facebook page. If you're not a member there, just come over and request membership and I'll, I'll accept you in. It's a private page. Uh, the public has, does not have access to it. That's so we can share and talk without trolls and people arguing. It's just a page to grow by. So Don Keithley Ministries, Wednesday night, 8 o'clock Central. Come on over and let's do Wednesday Night Live. And the question we'll kick off with is how are you learning to simplify your life? Let me just pray for you before we end this today. I feel like we've covered so much ground, said so many things that have powerful spiritual impact that Father, I pray right now that you just settle these, these truths, these dynamic, powerful revelations into the lives of people. Father, may our ears grow big, our eyes grow big, and may we be sensitive inside. Father, reveal to us those things that are creating static, those things that are creating uh, a, a place where we can't hear. Father, show us what we need to get rid of, how we need to simplify, how we need to hone in, how we can do it better. Father, we will praise you and thank you for it. We thank you today that you called us, appointed us, anointed us, and thank you for this journey we're on. And let me say to you, Digital Cathedral, thank you for loving me. Thank you for praying for me, for my health, my strength. Thank you for your support. Um, it means a lot. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night and again next Sunday morning on the Digital Cathedral.